Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. This is Jesse from Club Venus from Stardom, and you're watching Stardom Cast. Guys and welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host Rob Goodwin, and I'm joined as ever by my good friend, your good friend, the world's good friend, Mister Positivity himself, Mister Matt Turner. Matt Turner, Happy Thanksgiving for Thursday, which is something that I have found out now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is always on a Thursday, apparently. Um, did you have a lovely weekend and did you give thanks in the right way with your family? Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. It is the ultimate uh, cheat on your diet day and I sure did that. I stuffed myself with so many different types of desserts, turkey, uh, my phenomenal wife, Amber, makes a fantastic uh, mashed sweet potatoes. So that corn casserole, broccoli, and then after we get done eating, our, our annual tradition is we drive the hour back to uh, where I grew up, right outside Scranton, and we have dessert over my grandfather's house, which uh, we eat with my uh, my parents and my aunt. But uh, that wasn't enough, Rob. My grandfather said, you know what, let's have some uh, ham sandwiches. So we ate again. Not only that, but my grandfather is as old school as Italian as you can be. So not only did we have uh, honey glazed ham after we ate, but then he had the whole entire um, accoutrement of Italian uh stuff there like fresh mozzarella we had prosciutto uh roasted red peppers perfectly seasoned tomatoes so then we ate again and then ate dessert again so that was fantastic and i had some nice time off work so it was nice to uh, recharge the batteries and come up with some new ideas for this podcast which i literally text you i think every other hour it's like oh i have this idea i have this idea i have this idea <laughs> and then um i kind of topped it off just last night my, myself my wife and my parents we went to go see the Jason Bonham Led Zeppelin Experience. Now, Rob, I'm going to uh, give a little plug for an episode we did a few months ago when we had none other than Carrie Silken on. And Carrie is a, uh, you know, he's an expert as when it comes to those bands from the 60s and 70s and 80s. And I did make mention, if I can go into a time machine and there's one band that I could go see, it would definitely be Led Zeppelin in the 70s. Let me tell you, this is the second time I've seen Jason Bottom's Led Zeppelin experience. Now, Jason Bottom is the son of the late, great John Bottom, who was, of course, the drummer for Led Zeppelin, and arguably the greatest rock and roll drummer of all time. Like I said, this is my second time seeing this Led Zeppelin experience. It is the closest you will get to seeing the actual Led Zeppelin is because they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, I, obviously, my, uh, my closest experience is uh, going to watch the DVD, what was the Mothership show. Um, when they did a gig that was sort of beamed around and into cinemas and things, and uh, Jason Bonham was the drummer for that. Um, Led Zeppelin, one of my favourite ever bands, they're incredible. Um, and obviously, 
they were done long before my time. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you had a good time. I did see the pictures. Um, we don't have anything quite as big as that <clears throat> in the UK. We have something called Fred Zeppelin. And uh, it is the Robert Plant approved Led Zeppelin tribute band. So I feel like if you have got Robert Plant's approval, you're in pretty good hands. Um, so yeah, that's that's about as close as we tend to get. I'm also glad that you said cheat on our diets because you left a really like a longer pause between cheat, and I was like, what's he going to say here? It's the only time of the year that you can cheat on your diet. I was like. <laughs> Bloody hell, don't do that to me, Matt. Announce that to the podcasting world. What are you doing? That's an old rib between me and a lot of my wrestling friends towards the Scran area. Because when I'd be gearing up for a big show, I would, uh, or just really just any show, that I would really make sure I hardcore diet like seven to ten days. And uh, when I would be wrestling, literally, I used to wrestle for a company called uh, Grand Slam Wrestling, which, uh, which uh, folded a handful of years ago. And they ran to my hometown of Old Forge, Pennsylvania, and all my friends from back home who still live in that area, they'd come and see me wrestler, and we would go to the local bar we would always go to called Dooley's. So matches would get done, and I would have some of the younger kids that, you know, were 21, 22, and I'm like, hey, come on out, I'll buy you a drink, whatever. I said, uh, you know, hey, I really worked really hard on my diet, so um, I really worked really hard on my physique. So I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going tonight, I'm going to get really drunk and I'm going to cheat. And then I would take a drink of water. I go on my diet, like, oh my God, I thought you were going to stay here. I was like, Absolutely <laughs> not. So it's kind of, I, I old habits die hard. So you, even you, brother, I even got you on that one half a world away. <laughs> well, I'm currently eating my evening meal because um, I like to eat well before football, but I got my timings all sorts of wrong tonight as uh, Mac can attest, because this is the third different time he's had for the podcast today. Um, so yeah i choked on a bit of rice i was like what is he telling me i don't feel comfortable with this but no i'm uh, i'm glad you're only cheating on your diet you are of course in fantastic shape my friend um but yeah what a week in uh, in wrestling uh, we had cm punk come back um and then of course the huge return at survivor series of our truth which uh, i feel like went a little bit overshadowed but in the more sort of centric stardom verse let's say um things seem to be quietening down after what was a chaotic week i think is uh fair to say last week uh, we've got some more news in regards to that we've got a whole litany of shows and then of course we have got the preview of stardom's latest pay-per-view which is going to be running this saturday uh nagoya big winter 2023 and not wishing to jump the gun or to spoil people's enjoyment of this episode. Um, but I would argue this card has the potential to be one of the best pay-per-view stardom have run this year. Um, all in all, I think the shows they've run were really good. And then the Corican that we're going to be talking about in a little bit of detail, because that did only go up this morning. Uh, fair play to uh, stardom for the very very quick turnaround of that show um but matt hasn't had a chance to see it um but i've managed to watch most of it so we're going to do the results and things um to do with that we're going to do that right at the end so if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want it spoiled just skip ahead maybe 10 minutes 
um, to avoid our talk of the Corican. Um, but before we delve into all of the news and everything, Matt, um, would you like to tell the good people at home what's coming up on the Patreon this week? Absolutely, brother. I might do a bonus episode of the Stardom Cast Extra, and I'm going to base this on the most heated rivalry in the history of stardom. No, it's not Eel versus Mayu. No, it's not Sherry versus Utami. It's not even Tan versus Julia. It is Rob Goodwin versus his internet provider. Because boy, howdy. <laughs> boy, howdy, brother. I know you were fired up on Monday, were you not? <laughs> Oh, spat rash everywhere. Um, <laughs> I was like, where's it so, going with this? I was trying, I was going in my head going, what the feuds are there? You Tommy and Suri, maybe? Um, yes, yeah, to say I was fired up is uh, a little bit of an understatement. We had some sort of server issue um, that was sort of central to our internet provider. Um, and then they got the internet working again yesterday, um, but not strong enough to stream anything so uh, we are a little bit behind in our recording schedule but hopefully hopefully things will uh, will settle down soon matt um maybe maybe <laughs> our internet will even start working but i know that's that's a pipe dream i think so where i was going with that uh this past monday we were supposed to record with uh, my tag partner and good friend andy header for our what if, which was what if uh, myself and Andy, Team Blue and Gold, were booked in current day stardom. Um, Rob texts me, uh, Matt, comma, um, whenever I see that, I know things are serious. Mm-hmm. So thank God after I read the text, it was only his internet was was not working. We probably had to reschedule. It's very much like when I see, I get a text message from Rob Goodwin and it says, Matt, comma, I think of like if Jim Ross back in the 90s would take his hat off. Like Jerry Lawler would pull the strap down, you know it's serious. But that was it. And I was like, not a problem. We'll, we will figure out. Rob's general idea was, well, why don't you just, just you and Andy just stream it together and, and you know, send it to me and we'll figure it out. And I was like, no, I want you to be there because my ideas for this podcast are so crazy and insane. I want your general reaction. So um, Rob and I, we, uh, we, we position ourselves as professionals. So whenever we have a guest, we do everything in our power to not cancel. But however... Andy Hedder is easily the easiest going, nicest person I ever met. So if there's one person we're going to cancel on, it was going to be okay because of that reason it was him. So I text him, no problem. Um, probably probably later today or tomorrow, Rob and I will talk off air and we'll try to reschedule. But we will have Andy back on hopefully in the next week or so that what if will be coming uh, to you. Uh, but what it is on the Patreon feed, uh, just about an hour or so ago before we recorded we uploaded the 2019, my review of the 2019 year-end climax. Also, the alternate commentary for Tam versus Julia from All-Star Grand Queendom. That is up on your Patreon feed, as well as our fantastic conversation career retrospective roundtable with the one and only Karen Peterson as we uh, talk about the fantastic career thus far of one Julia. And uh, I know me and you talked off-air as soon as we got done. That might be one of if not the best podcast we've ever done we had an absolute blast and if that wasn't the best podcast we've ever done it might have been the one we released last week where we go over our top five favorite female matches of all time with allison danger so yeah my friend we've been putting out some really really high quality content and i know we have some new patreon listeners and i know that uh, we've been getting a lot of really good reviews about what we're doing not only on patreon but uh the weekly feed as well so thanks to everyone 
yeah, absolutely. That podcast with Karen was was a whole heap of fun. And every podcast we do tends to be very, well, fun for me anyway. Um, but this, you know. Fun. I have fun too. <laughs> it goes over two hours, which, you know, listeners of this podcast who've listened for a while will probably find that extremely unsurprising. Um, but yeah, it was... Um, it was a lot of fun and the time flew by. So uh, I'm looking forward to more people hearing that. Um, and hopefully the work with Andy Hedder will be up as soon as possible. It is my fault. So I apologize for that. We'll get that up to you as soon as possible. Um, speaking of new patrons, thank you to everyone who has subscribed over on patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast, including our newest patron warehouse janitor. Thank you so much for your subscription. And thank you so much for your support. Um, Let's kick in to some news then. And it was a bit of doom and gloom last week surrounding stardom. And we ended the podcast on a positive note, which I think is, you know, is more than fair. We talked about the pos- the negatives, and I think it's only fair that we, uh, we counteract that with the positives. And obviously the main crux of what we were talking about last week was the Julia interview that she gave, which was very frank and very honest about how things were being run. Um, Bushy Road have responded to that. Obviously, we have got a change in management, um, who which takes, I think it takes effect on the 1st of December. And obviously, the gentleman came out, Mr. Okada came out at the Corican show to, uh, to introduce himself. Um, and people seem quietly confident that things are going to get better. However, it wasn't just Julia that came out and said, basically, basically bared their soul. Rossi Ogawa came out and had his say on things and how he was kept away from booking and how people were meddling and things like that. Micah also came out and gave an interview to Tokyo Sport. One quote which we got was very, very interesting. And again, this translation is courtesy of Shigio on Twitter at SG underscore OXXT. Um, and Micah said, I have had a sense of crisis since Bushi Road Fight started holding shows that did not bear the stardom name. I think they have lost the trust of stardom fans and rosters by doing so. Now, reading a little bit more of this, this seems to be uh, in relation to the stardom in showcase shows, um, which, you know, we talked last week, Matt, about how the Halloween show, which I think for both of us is comfortably the worst show of the year, um, and the stardom in showcase shows, which they've subsequently stopped, um, weren't our cups of tea at all that's not why we tune in to stardom but to then hear that the roster also have this negativity surrounding the shows and feel like not necessarily that they're being forced to do something that they don't want to do but you know to quote this translation you know they've lost a little bit of trust in bushi road fight because of it that's that's really difficult to get back isn't it yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's a fence that they're going to have to mend. And I really, I have full confidence that they will. The main thing, and we talked about this, I believe, two weeks ago, is they just have to keep communication open. You know, it really seems like the uh, where the communication was having an issue, it seems like that they fixed that with a change in direction, which I believe starts this Friday, December 1st. 
So hopefully moving forward. Now, I did see on the Corkin show that just got released today is that uh, the new president uh, comes out to Corkin, the Corkin show and the, uh, the crowd and introduces himself and basically cuts a little promo. So I'm interesting to see um, and hear what he said and how the Corkin Hall crowd are, will react to him. So, yeah, obviously it's difficult to get back, but I think as long as they keep um, – they keep communication open, especially with Rossi. Rossi seems to be the conduit between uh, Bushi Road and his roster of stardom wrestlers. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I have full faith that they will. Yeah, completely. And it's obviously good that you've mentioned Mr. Ricardo because um, Sky Wrestling, friend of the show, um, the third best looking man on the stardom cast. Well, second, because uh, I look terrible today. Um, but he's um, put forward a little bit of a translation of an interview that Taro Okada, the new president, has had with Tokyo Sports again. And basically the two big notes um, to come out of that are that there will only be one pay-per-view a month and there will be less shows on the year-long schedule. Now, if you think back, Matt, to the uh, strategy meeting that Stardom had um, alongside New Japan, and you got the impression that, you know, we saw the escalation in the amount of shows year on year on year on year, with obviously 2020 being the outlier. And the promise seemed to be, right, well, we've got to, I think it's a, I think it was 140 shows last year or something like that. Um, we're going to go even harder next year and we want to go to all 40. Oh, people are going to hate me for this. I want to say 47 prefectures i think it's 47 um you know we're going to go to all 47 prefectures we've done 44 let's do for all 47 let's go all around japan and it felt if anything during that meeting that stardom was going to put forward more dates and do more shows and be even more stretched and it's funny how we now have come full circle into less shows and one pay-per-view a month and a change of ownership and a change of direction. And you look at this year and you can sort of see the wear and tear on the roster. And obviously we are, we are still in the midst of all of these injuries and we've had two more, which uh, we're going to be talking about in a moment. I, I personally I'm very, very excited by the new direction. You know, there's that old adage, less is more. And I think that is going to be key. If you have got one pay-per-view a month, that's perfect because that's when your wrestlers go hardest. It also, if you have got pay-per-views, you've got to give people the best cards you possibly can to get people to want to put the money down. Now, if you're doing two, even three pay-per-views a month, which they've done in some, I think they did three in July, people are not going to tune in for all three. However, if you put on one killer show a a month, people are going to pay for that, and more people are going to pay for that, because you won't have seen the matches. And I think that is a better way to go. And more importantly, you are protecting your 
roster. The most important commodity in stardom is the fact that you have the best roster in wrestling. And we have seen over the past couple of weeks how stretched stardom has been because of the ridiculous schedule that they are working. If they, as Mr. Okada has said in Tokyo Sports, they're doing less shows, they're not going to put pay-per-views in the middle of tournaments, and they're going to focus on one pay-per-view a month, I'm very excited for Stardom's direction come 2024, Matt. Yeah, I did see that. Well, you know, they're going to do one pay-per-view a month, so that's good. I wouldn't be opposed to... Um, the back-to-back nights on pay-per-views of the uh, the G1, uh, the five-star, just because of how good they were back-to-back. The only thing is, instead of, you know, if you're going to, they should maybe do a package mm. where if you're going to get them back-to-back, you'd maybe save like 50%. Like, say it's like $30 for each night, but if you buy them as a bulk, it'll be like 40 45 I have no problem with that. What, um, I, what they, when they did it in 2021 and 2022, those shows were absolutely fantastic. And you were literally in the same venue. Um, so other than that, I mean, exit, I would have no problem if they would do them Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday for, uh, for the five-star. And you're basically banging out two nights, you know, right there. So you're done there. Then you give the roster a week off. And then, you know, maybe you run one show the next Saturday. So, I, you know, that one I would have no problem with if they were to do paper, two pay-per-views that month. But, yeah, them doing one a month, my friend, you hit it exactly right, that uh, the wrestlers are going to give a little bit more effort. But not that they don't give – they give 100%. Don't get me wrong. This stardom roster on every show, especially Hazuki, gives 100% <laughs> uh, pretty much all the time. But, yeah, because of the fact that they're going to – you know, the pay-per-view tickets are a little bit more um, for the fans in attendance. And, they're, and obviously, they want to draw us the audience uh, that can't be at whatever venue they're they're at to go and buy it on pay-per-view where it's like well you know i'm only getting this once every four or five weeks and i'm getting better mar- match quality you know what i mean it's like the old saying uh, how can i miss you if you don't go away but when stardom is having a pay-per-view you know once every two weeks or sometimes i think there was that one time that they had two pay-per-views within 10 days it's like holy geez mm-hmm. but if you're doing a pay-per-view once every four or five weeks it's just like Oh, you know, it's almost like a little Christmas present. Like, I can't wait for, you know, this Saturday or this Sunday because I'm going to see Hazuki versus Suzu Suzuki. And then, you know, at the end of the month, I'm going to see Aphrodite versus FWC. I'm just making, you know, something up for hopefully that we see at the end of the year. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I like that you're doing once a month because not only does it give our wallets a little bit of a breather, it makes it more special. It gives us talent a little bit more of a breather. And uh, it's basically, I think it's a win-win on all situations. And I'm glad they addressed that now. And like I said, um, like you said, partner, we do have a clear direction on where they're going for the end of this year based on this Corkin show and for in 2024. Uh, for how fantastic stardom has been in 2021 and 2022. Don't get me wrong. They were great this year, too. But I just think they just hit the gas way, way too much. And they hit a couple potholes, a couple bumps along the way. And it seems like that now they're going to uh, steer the ship back where they need it to be, you know, uh, at this time last year. So I'm really excited for where Stardom's going to be, especially with them pushing a lot of the uh, the talent, the new talent towards the top of the card. So really interesting and exciting stuff to be a Stardom fan. Yeah, and that's a really good point because in the absence of Utami, in the absence of Saya, of Tam, and of Mayu more recently, um, it's sort of forced other talent into that main event position. And actually, Stardom have got a very, very happy issue now because you've now got all of those people I've just mentioned to come back. 
And now Micah feels like a bona fide main eventer. Momo Watanabe has been doing fantastic work. Mina Shirakawa has proved again that she is more than capable of going to the main event level. And it's going to be interesting because, again, they've got that happy issue where actually they've got too many main eventers, which, you know, is a very, very happy problem to have, Matt. But it's been good in some ways, and I'm I'm being very careful with my wording here because obviously it's not good that the likes of Kogamer's injured, Nadsapoi's injured, Momokogo's injured, Wakasukiyama's injured, but it's it's good to know that this raft of injuries that we've had hasn't derailed the company to the point where, you know, we're getting bad matches. We've still got talent on these cards that is more than capable of stepping up. And that's really exciting. Really exciting, especially for the likes of Amisori, who has been sort of thrust into that tournament for the Red Belt, and I thought handled herself really, really well. Um, she might not be, you know, we might not be talking about her as a as a future Red Belt champion just yet, but she more than held her own against Micah and came across as a big dominant beast, which I thought was really, really good. Speaking, yeah, they... oh, sorry, Matt, go on. No, I just wanted to just add add on to your thing with Ami Sori. Obviously, she had a phenomenal five star tournament. She we mentioned a few months ago when we got done with that tournament that she was the one that really elevated herself. Her and Hanan, you know, the most of that tournament. And obviously, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it uh, when we when we review these uh, these shows. The two shows leading up to the Corican show, they really did a great job building Ami Sori up. I mean, she ran through everybody. They highlighted her. She had promo time, calling out Micah. Showed a lot of fire. To the point where it's like you're looking at those brackets, okay? Mina, she's a main eventer. Momo has been in the main event scene off and on since 2018. We know that they're pushing Micah. So you're looking at Ami Sori. It's just like it'll be a good match, but she's kind of like the one that doesn't belong. Stardom did a brilliant job booking her the the previous shows, um, you know, making her look like a star, making her look aggressive. And again, I did not see um, the Corkin show, but from what everybody told me, Ami Sori came up like a huge star, and I think she's going to be one in a year from now that we're going to be talking about, like how we talked about Mina, what Mina was able to do from 2021 to 2022, and now at the end of 2023, she is a bona fide main eventer. I would not be shocked to see Ami Sori either in a red belt match or a top tier match a year from now because she has that much potential and she's improving by leaps and bounds. Yeah, she is certainly one of the most improved this year, you know, alongside the like of May Sakurai. Um, and again, I think now she's... I go back to that match, I believe it was at the end of January or the start of February where she challenged Sayakamatani for the white belt. And... It felt, and again, no disrespect to Ami, it felt very much like a filler defense. However, if you were to put Ami Sori now in that same position, I don't think there's many people who follow stardom that would think twice about that being A, a very, very good match, and B, well-earned. Now, moving on a little bit, bit um we did talk or we have talked a little bit about injuries and more specifically the people that are still out um but unfortunately adding to that 
is uh, is Lady C, who during the Bushy Road Expo in Singapore, which we're going to be talking about in a moment, um, Lady C sustained a neck injury. Uh, seems to be catching, um, and she is going to be out of action until after. December the 10th. Now, Stardom have announced um, a whole raft of shows um, running from the 3rd of December all the way through to the 12th, uh, sorry, the 10th of December. Um, and Lady C does not appear on any of them. I am led to believe as well that Yuna Mizumori was injured. I don't know if she still is because she was on that Corican card. Um, and I think think she might have just had a slight injury and then came back so we'll scratch her off for now um but yeah lady c added to the injury table that injury table at the moment is as follows um lady c Maiwa Watani, who is still recovering from that dislocated little finger now of all the injuries that we're talking about i'm hoping that Maiwa Watani is the one that is going to be back soonest um Maiwa Watani, natsupoy and tam nakano um saki kashima kagama lady c as i've already mentioned momokoga wakasukiyama and aya sakura are all still out with injuries now i've seen things from wacker um and she seems to be doing quite well obviously we've seen natsupoy who's very active on social media she seems to be okay it's very different obviously being okay and being able to take a bloody wrestling bump especially some of the bumps these women take but you know i have heard that it's not going to require surgery so hopefully with a little bit of rehab we'll see natsupoy in the new year tam Obviously, I don't know what is going to happen with Tam. There's been murmurings that perhaps she's going to look at retirement. Obviously, there's been nothing confirmed about that, and that is just all internet speculation. But, of course, we do know that both her and Mai Wiwitani, um sort of teased retirement about two years ago. Um, Mayu, of course, who seems to tease retirement at least once every 18 months and hopefully will never, ever retire because I don't know if I can go on without our Lord and Saviour, Mayu Iwatani. Um, but yeah, Momo Kogo as well seems to have been out on and off for a long, long time. Um, I know that obviously she went to Philly for the um, for the show with Julia, Diana Parazzo and Giselle Shaw. But I don't actually remember seeing her on many cards since, Matt. Yeah, I don't even remember them giving like an official announcement. I mean, maybe I just missed it. Um, so, I mean, it seems like every time that somebody's injured, that they give an announcement, maybe it just got lost in the shuffle. Or, you know, I don't know. Or maybe it was just, maybe she asked for time off. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, you have a, not to put you on the spot, partner, but you by chance have a report or like an ETA when she's coming back because it's been very, very quiet with her. No, no, I haven't. Um, so I've got, I've got no idea what's wrong with uh, what's wrong with Momo Kogo. Um, obviously, Tam is her knee. Natsupoi is the neck. Mayu Otani is her finger. Wakasukiyama had that her. Oh no, was it? Yes, it was. It was her who had a, the hernia issue. So hers is her stomach. Um, who was it who had appendicitis? Oh, that was Hannon. Hannon had appendicitis. Hmm. Um, Aya Sakura, I think, might have been her back. I think. Thinking back, she's been out for a considerable amount of time. I think it was either a neck or a back. Lady C is obviously her neck. 
Koguma has also been out for a while. I think she only did the first maybe two matches of the Tag League. So hopefully, well, I haven't heard much more about her. I've heard nothing about Saki since. So obviously no ETAs for the returns. Again, with Mayu's, I don't want to say just being a dislocated finger, because having dislocated my finger, I know exactly how painful it is and how difficult it is to do things, especially if it's with your dominant hand. Um, obviously, I, I'm hoping that she will be um, in the running to return for Dream Queendom, um, because obviously you want to put on your best possible show, and your best possible show needs to include Mayu Iwatani, even if it's in a multi-woman tag. Um Again, Scotty Wrestling, who is the hardest working man in Joshi, has summarized some of the more interesting matchups from the cards announced again, all the way from the 3rd of December all the way through to the 10th. So these are the matchups to keep your eye on. On the 3rd of December, we have got an eight woman tag Suri Mariah, Missouri, and Alice Inc. versus Utami Ayashisa, Sayakamatani, Azumi, and Miyu Amasaki. It is so good to say Utami Ayashisa and Sayakamatani's names on the podcast without going or still out injured um 5th of december we have got suzu suzuki and meisera versus utami hayashista and azumi yes please oh, plug it into wow. my veins wow merry christmas everybody early 20 days early holy jeez absolutely that is going to be tasty <laughs> um and then mina shirakawa and tekla which i think loki could be a really 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 good match um they m- gelled really well when they were feuding with the S for the SWA belt. Um so hopefully they're better now. Oh and they're way better now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um sixth of December, Utami, Hayashista, Saikamatani, Azumi, Miyu Amasaki taking on Natsukatora, uh Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe and Ruaka. And then pardon me, another tag match uh which will see Crazy Star, Suzu Suzuki and Meisera, taking on Mafia Bella. Julia and Tekla. That's another really, really good tag match. Um, uh, 7th of December, we've got another eight-woman tag. Siori Mirai, Amisori, and Alice Inc. Uh, versus Julia, Micah, Tekla, and May Sakurai. Um, 9th of December, another really good tag match. Julia and Micah versus Suzu Suzuki and May Sarah. Um uh, Again, yes, please. Um, and then an interesting singles match, Megan Bain versus Alice Inc. I'm intrigued Ooh. by that one. Ooh, that's going to be hard-hitting, my friend. That's gonna be... I'm real quick, brother, not to cut you off, but like, seriously, Stardom World, folks, is less than $7 a month. I know. Those matches, the matches Rob just rattled off. Plus, around this time, around the time these shows come up on Stardom World, more than likely the pay-per-view from Saturday, just uh, the, uh, the second, is going to be up on Stardom World. Plus, you get all the back catalog. I had a whole bunch of people this past week tell me they just signed up for Stardom World. I've been giving them some matches to watch. Again, it's less than $7 a month. If you're not subscribing to this, what are you doing? I'm sorry. I don't know how much more to, to say it. Like, what are you doing? It's less than $7 a month, folks. It's less than $2 a week for these cars, plus the whole back catalog, plus everything else you're going to get. Unbelievable, my friend. And then finally, the 10th of December, Utami, Saya, Azumi, and Miyu Amasaki versus Julian, Mike, and Meisakura and Tekla in an elimination match. Siori Mirai, Amisuri, and Alice Inc. versus Natsukatora, Momo Watanabe, Starlight, and Ruwaka in another elimination match. Again, thank you to Scotty 
um, Scotty Wrestling, who has summarized all of those cards. It's worth noting as well, and this is something Scott has hypothesized, that obviously these cards all run after the Nagoya Big Winter Show and are on the lead-up to Dream Queendom. And he sort of speculates what sort of preview matches ahead of Queendom are we seeing here? So uh, obviously we'll have more of a more of a complete idea of what we're going to be looking at um, at Dream Queendom after the second of December. But I wonder if there are in these sort of feed-in matches, these feed-in cards. I wonder if there is going to be some some previews that we can glean. I mean, I'm looking now, and. There's no real, unless I'm just missing it, which is uh, quite possible. Um, there's no consistent matchups that I'm seeing a lot of. I think God's Eye are feuding with a weather tie, but everyone's feuding with a weather tie, so that's irrelevant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, a weather tie's got a weather tie, brother. Oh, to oh. quote a guy I know, a weather tie's got a weather tie. A weather tie has got <laughs> to a weather tie, Matt Turner. Um, uh, moving on from this, obviously, we'll know a little bit more next week because once that show's done, the Nagoya Big Winter card, um, we will inevitably have a press conference and more will be announced. Um, I just want to briefly talk about the shows that start and ran as part of the Bushy Road Expo in Asia. They ran three shows in Singapore alongside the Singapore promotion Grapple Max. Um, Stardom were going to send, I believe, six wrestlers. Um, no, seven wrestlers, sorry, we said last week, didn't we? Initially, it was going to be Hazuki Meisera, Azumi Lady C, Mina Shirakawa Tekla, and Momo Watanabe. However, the, apparently there was an issue with Momo Watanabe's passport, so she didn't make the journey, um, which is slightly upsetting. Um, but what was nice to see um, was, I believe it was Azumi posted something on Instagram that said this is the first time she's left Japan. So uh, for her not just to wrestle abroad, but to actually go abroad and to be afforded that opportunity, I thought was a really, really, really cool little, uh, cool little thing to uh, to take from these shows. Um, so obviously, all of these cards are a mesh of the six remaining women, um, and I'll just I'll quickly whip through these results. All these cards, of course, had matches based from Grapple Max as well. I'm not going to go through all of those, but on night one, which was the 24th of November, Mina Shirakawa defeated Tekla in 8 minutes and 10 seconds, and then the tag team of Hazuki and Meisera defeated the Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Lady C um, in 12 minutes and 13 seconds. I know that that got quite a lot of buzz online, so that might be worth checking out if and when they appear on Stardom World. Uh, night 2 was from the 25th of November, and that saw three singles matches. Tekla defeating Lady C in 7 minutes, 51 seconds. Uh, Azumi versus Mina Shirakawa went to a 10-minute time limit draw, and then Hazuki defeated Meisera in 8 minutes and 32 seconds. Something tells me that Hazuki hit Meisera very, very hard during that <laughs> match. Um, and then night three, the 26th, of November. Three more singles matches. Hazuki defeating Tekla in 5 minutes and 40 seconds. Azumi and Meisera 
again, a singles matches I would certainly not say no to. Um, that ended in the 10-minute time limit draw, and then Mina Shirakawa defeated Lady C in 9 minutes and 26 seconds. Um, moving on, Matt, let's talk a little bit about these cards that we're going to talk about so as of recording the shows that are on stardom world are the show from the 23rd in nagoya the show from the 25th in sayama and the show from the 26th in kuriyama fukushima and then obviously the korokan show as well but let's start all the way back um, on the 23rd, the show from Nagoya. Uh, this was from the Nagoya Congress Center event hall. 432 people in attendance, which is a healthy enough attendance for that venue. Um, the results are as follows. Miyu Amasaki defeated the rookie Yuzuki in her second match with the Tenzai in 8 minutes and 59 seconds. Um, Starlight Kid won a three-way match against Hanako and Yuna Mizumori, submitting Yuna with the Black Tiger leg killer in 9 minutes and 34 seconds. Um, the Scandinavian Hurricane, Alice Inc., defeated Saya Ida in 7 minutes and 34 with the high kick. Um, the new tag team of Hanan and Nanai Takahashi, which I didn't know I needed in my life, but now I absolutely want to see more of that team, uh, defeated the Oedatai team of Nats, Katora and Ruaka, Hanan pinning Ruaka with 17. Uh, Megan Bain versus Suzu Suzuki went to a time limit draw in 15 minutes. And then in your main event, we had the God's Eye team of Amisori, Mirai and Suri defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Micah and May Sakurai in 15 minutes and 46 seconds. Amisori pinning May Sakurai with the like a lightning bolt. But more than that, Amisori then cut a scathing promo on Micah, which I absolutely loved. And it just straight away added just that little bit more fire to their match at Corrigan Hall. Not that it needed it, it was a one-night tournament. But I loved the confidence that Amisori had as she was delivering it. It was like she meant every single word, Matt. Yeah, she's definitely going to be one that has a lot of steam at going uh, towards the end of this year and going into 2024. You know, we mentioned a little bit ago, that stardom did a great job making sure Ami Sori looked as strong as possible uh, coming out of these shows. She won. And there is one show where she wrestled twice back to back and just took out, you know, two of the rookies. And then they put her in these main event spots, not only getting a win, but then promo time as well, really making it like she's a huge threat to someone that was the finalist of the five star tournament and won the uh, goddesses of stardom tournament uh, earlier this year. So again, Kudos to Stardom by taking somebody like Ami Sori and going into this tournament at Corican Hall and really, really uh, building her up to make it look like she had a really, really good shot at defeating Micah. So, uh, yeah, really excited to see what to do with Ami Sori, you know, from now to the end of the year and just to see uh, what she's going to do in 2024. So kudos to Stardom for giving Ami the ball the ball, and, uh, and even bigger kudos to Ami for uh, slam dunking it through the hoop or if you're an NFL fan or college football fan, running the end zone and scoring six. So, uh, yeah, great job. This, um, I just want to mention one thing real quick, Rob, before I forget, that um, I was handed a note from our friends over at Stardom that uh, Yuzuki, in Japanese means bow. And that's why Yuzuki does the bow and arrow pose when she gets to the ring. So little tidbit. And uh, thanks to our friends over at stardom for that. And uh, yeah, really cool that uh, now I know. And like GI Joe taught me, Rob, when I was a very young lad, the more, you know, 
<laughs> knowledge is power, my friend. Absolutely. G.I. Joe quotes. God, we never we never <laughs> fail to surprise, do we? Um, I actually, just on top of that, Darren Chan actually commented on the last post on our Patreon um, to say that Yuzuki actually graduated at the same time as Hannon. So uh, I believe they were classmates. So uh, there you go. Like, Mas- like Masao and Kawada, brother. That's what we're going to get. I'm all for it. <laughs> If in 12 years' time we are getting <laughs> that level of feud between Hannah and Yuzuki, I am all there for it, my friend. All there for it. Um, we might as well start with Yuzuki, to be fair, because obviously we sang her praises um, after the New Blood show. because And rightly so, because she had a really, really, really good showing against Momo Watanabe. Not just good for a rookie, a good full stop showing. And she continued it here. And I thought personally that this would be not more of a test for her, but Miyu Amasaki is still quite quite new in her own career, whereas Momo Watanabe is something of a ring general by this point. And I thought it'd be interesting to see how Yuzuki fared against Miyu Amasaki. And I, ne- I wasn't worried, but I needn't have worried because what followed was an extremely exciting matchup. Yuzuki, again, just seems a natural at wrestling and already seems more than a rookie. Miyu Amasaki, again, we talked about her last week about how much she's improved. I thought she attacked this match and attacked Yuzuki with a renewed violence that I really like seeing from her. I liked how, like, when this match graphic came up, I was like, oh, okay, obviously Yuzuki, I believe this was her second match ever. So you know that Miyu is leading this match. And I'm pretty sure Miyu has never led a match before just because she's only been wrestling, you know, year, year. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. So I was like, huh, this is going to be interesting. And again, I love it how Stardom gives the test to these wrestlers. Now, if this match is it, and I, we're not expecting Steamboat Flair here, right? We're just expecting reps. We're going to see how Yuzuki's going to do in her second match with somebody relatively still new to wrestling, Miyu Amasaki, leading the match. And it's the first match. It goes roughly around nine minutes, it, and it was solid. They kept it simple. They kept the storytelling well. They, they, uh, Miyu really shined Yuzuki up, made her look really good. And in the end, Miyu winds up, uh, you know, getting the win with the Tensai over Yuzuki. And I thought this was really good because now Starm's like, okay, we, we. It seems like we know. We know we have a big player here in Yuzuki, and we know that Miyu is improving by leaps and bounds. But can Miyu not only lead a match, but lead a match into somebody? is they're only their second match. And I thought that both these ladies passed the test. So now that's something else that they can add, they can think in the back of their heads that when they're ha- when they're putting together these matches, we know Yuzuki is more than capable of going out there and putting on a, a pretty good match. But now we have Miyuamasaki that can lead start to lead some of these matches. So again, Stardom does this phenomenally is when they ha- they give everybody an opportunity you know to get better and to be able to do things like this so i thought this was really interesting when the show started out like this and again for all intents and purposes these two ladies hit it out of the park yeah agreed agreed um i think had me wamasaki not had that injury so soon after she debuted against itami i think she'd be well on her way to like serious mid-carder as opposed to lower mid-carder because I think the injury she came back and she wasn't the same I personally don't think um and that's you know that's reasonable obviously 
But I think over the last probably two, three months, she's come back and every time she's been in the ring, she's improved and she's improved and she keeps upon me improving. And I re- when she first debuted, we, we had a similar buzz about her that we have for Yuzuki. You know, if you remember that match with Utami at the first New Blood, I believe, we were all like, she's really good. She's got this beautiful knee bar. It's, you know, oh my God. And then she had the injury. She came back and sort of nothing really happened. She, if anything for me anyway, went backwards a little bit. And now to see her leading matches, leading them well, and sort of bringing in characterization to matches like this as well. Huge step forward, huge props to both women. I am so excited to see what we are talking about in regard to these two women in the next two years. Because genuinely, I know I know Scott said something about Yuzuki being the future of stardom. And obviously at this point when I saw it, I think she'd had three matches. Um, so I was like slightly jumping the gun there, Scott, maybe. But I do see what he means. She has got a whole raft of potential. And, you know, if you've got Hannon, who I harp on every single episode about how damn good Hannon is, despite her terrible new theme. Um, if you're listening... How, how dare you, sir? If you are listening, Stardom... How dare you? How dare you? We've been robbed. <laughs> Proud there, like, you know, people at Starm do listen to this podcast. Again, this Friday, as this episode drops for, uh, on the on the normal feed, is when the new president takes over. So maybe that might be the first change he does, buddy. He's, he's, <laughs> he's on their own feedback. Okay, but I, I will say, I don't want to say that all of this, all of this negativity coincides with Hannon's theme changing. But it does. Wow. So, so you think all these rapid injuries yep. and the kind of like kind of head scratching booking that's been going on yep. is all because of Han and Steam, and it just subconsciously just has just turned you know some of the positives into some of the negatives. That's what you're putting it on, like kind of like something like in a Doctor Strange like comic book. I got a Steve Ditko and Stan Lee in the seventies, huh? I don't want to point fingers, Matt, but it, <laughs> it's hard not to draw these conclusions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we are going to see Hannon raise the red belt one day, and she is going to raise that red belt one day, and I can't wait for that day. And the fact that the moment she raises it, we're not going to hear H A N A N Hannon <laughs> is just it. It honestly tears me up inside. Um, so I hope you're happy, Stardom. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, what were what were you talking about? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about um, the Scandinavian Hurricane, Alice Inc., because obviously I was under the impression that she was in, she was in Stardom for just one shot, effectively that mat, that um, UWF rules match with Suri, and uh, she seems to be carrying on. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, Matt. Obviously, I saw a match with Tekla at Corrigan Hall, and obviously we've had the match with Saya Ida. And then I believe she had a match with Ruwaka, I think. Yep. And then Hanako. Um, how do you think she did? How do you think she's sort of fitting in with the stardom roster? Because I would argue that Sai Reader is the more experienced of the trio of people she took on before Corrigan. 
do you think this was the better of the three matches? How do you think her offense hits as primarily an MMA fighter or someone who's sort of channeling that? How do you think it's gone? Because I know that you are obviously very into the UWF and UWFI rules. When I now I've never seen her wrestle before before that match with Sherry, and you know Sherry's one of my favorite um, you know wrestlers, not just in starting but overall. And as soon as that match happened, the UWFI match, uh, the last pay per view, I quickly tweeted out, I was like, boy, I, I would love to." I, and I, again, I agree with your partner. I thought it was just a one shot. They were bringing her in, hyper in, just for somebody for Sherry to beat in a UWF ma- uh, match, which is fine because it gives Alice Inc. you know huge exposure. And as soon as that match was over, I tweeted out, I said, this was my favorite of the UWF uh, UWF uh, style matches. You know, the Konami ones were great. The Mina ones I really enjoyed, but this was my favorite. And I would love to see her in stardom more. Well, sure enough, two or three days later, they announced these matches. And I think she's been absolutely fantastic. I thought the Ruwaka match was really good. The Hanukkah match was, was a little bit better than the Ruwaka match, just because you have that size, right? You have a bigger target for somebody of the striking and the base of what Allison does. The Saida match out of the three were my favorite for a couple of reasons. One, folks at Saida. If you listen to this podcast enough, you know that it's the Stardom cast, a.k.a. the Saida Appreciation uh, Podcast. And Saida, Rob, I'm not sure if you know this, hits really, really hard. Alsink is an MMA fighter and they hit really, really hard. So again, you don't need any crazy Lucha Libre style psychology here. It's just two people going out there, hitting each other really hard. Simple, simple stuff that everybody can understand that Saida does. Not only does Saida hit really hard, she feeds really well for strikes. And she her feeding the stuff for Alice Inc. was great. I like how Alice Inc. uses like that quick snap her karana. Like, which is kind of like you see her offense, like, oh, I didn't see that coming. But then she uses that to create distance and then quickly close the gap to getting to some of her strikes. And I really like the finish here, how she hit a tornado DDT. And then as Saida, like, popped up for the cell, she went right back down with a brutal uh, uh, head kick. I really like that combination of moves back-to-back for finishes of Alice Link. I think she's great. I hope we see her in stardom. You know, I don't know how long the tour is. I don't know if she's here just for, you know, a couple shows, if they're going to have her up until the end of the year. I hope to see Alice Link in stardom on a more full-time basis because I think she's great. And I know I sound like a broken record. You're only going to get better wrestling in stardom because you're wrestling with the best roster in all of wrestling. So I'm excited to see where she goes from here. You know, hopefully they keep her in for, you know, five, six, seven, eight months because I'm thoroughly impressed and a big fan. Well, you saw what happened with Mariah May. I mean, the improvement she made in nine months was absolutely astronomical. And now, of course, she's on AEW. And I'm not saying for a moment that she used stardom as a sort of platform and a sort of jumping off point but i think that work in stardom helped her improve hugely helped her improve massively um i hope the same for alice inc because she's got she's got a really good core set of moves um and i same as you i really enjoyed the hanako match more than i thought i would um and i really enjoyed the sayarina match the ruaka match was okay um i (laughs) Ridiculous as it sounds, I actually probably enjoyed the Tekla match least of all four, which, uh, again, I didn't think I would say. But overall, you know, dismisses Sayurida with the uh, with the high kick, which is to be expected because, unfortunately, everyone seems to pin Sayurida. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that later on. Um, the team of Hanan and Nanai Takahashi, Matt, um, I mentioned earlier that it was the team I didn't know I wanted. And now I want them tagging all the time. Because genuinely, the chemistry that they have together worked 
so well and i don't understand why i loved it it's it's the most i've liked i mean since obviously the last um passion injection match which again for me is the best work nanai has done since she's been back but this is up there as the most invested i've been in nanai takahashi teaming with hannon in a one-off match I want to ask you a quick question, my friend. Do you think this was supposed to be Hanan and Mayu? And just with Mayu's injury, that they were like, you know, we need to substitute somebody. And it's like, yeah, we'll bring Nanaya in. You know, everybody's great. She's great for the locker room. She's a vet. Everybody in this match is going to learn. Do you think this was supposed to be Mayu and Hanan versus Tor and Ruaka? Well, looking at the remainder of the cards and seeing that Nanaya isn't on them, um, I imagine that was probably the case, yeah. Um, however, you know... They've captured lighting and a ball with it. I thought it was great. <laughs> really, really fun. And actually, it was probably my second favorite match on the card. Um, I agree with you that they are uh, they're fantastic together. But if you take a step back, let's break it down. Nanai's great and Hanan's great. So why wouldn't they be great together? You know, it's just like, oh, I didn't know that they would be this good. Um, Rob, pump the brakes a little because no offense to Nanai and Hanan. I'd rather the uh, Mayu and Hanan team. This was good. But if we're looking for possible opponents for the Goddess of Stardom title at the end of the year for Dream Queendom, obviously we'll get into it a little bit later. I would love an Aphrodite versus Eye Contact match. That's just me. But if now if Rob is going to sway the booking of giving us now an Aphrodite versus the Nihonan match, you know, <laughs> hey, so be it. So, I, I so mean, to be, be it, fair, to be fair, <laughs> we are without Mayu at the moment. What better time to do it? And especially if at the moment they seem to be easing Sire and Utami back in with tag stuff. I say easing easing them in, and then you watch Sire throwing herself off the top rope at Corican and Utami being suplexed all over the place by Megan Bain. Clearly not taking it that uh, taking it that lightly, but, you know, just think of the run that they could have. You could quite easily do Hanan and Nanai versus Aphrodite whilst you're still waiting for Mayu to heal up, and then have your icon team versus Aphrodite once Mayu Iwatani is back. That way, you've got two fantastic matches. And actually, what you could do is you could do, if you remember a couple of years ago when Himika was going after the Goddess of Stardom belts, and she just she would lose with multiple partners and then she'd eventually team with Micah and they won it before uh, before Budokan. She could do that. So she could challenge for the belts with Nanai fail against Aphrodite, if it's going to be Aphrodite, who take the belt, spoilers, um, and then challenge again with Mayu and maybe win the belts there. Because I know Mayu did an interview. Um, it sort of got lost in the shuffle because of Julia's interview. Um where she said a whole lot of things because it's Mayu, but um, one of them was that she wants to win the Goddess of Stardom tag, league, uh, tag titles with Hannon because she makes her feel young. And I think that's a good story, and especially if you've got Aphrodite as the champions. What better team to chase than Aphrodite? Um, and again, the more time Hannon spends in the ring with the like of Utami and Nanai and Saya and Mayu, the better she's going to get. Um, yeah, Mayu makes her feel young. Mayu's 29. <laughs> like, come on, Mayu. You're young. You're young. Um, that's a good point. You have Hanan maybe team with Nanai, Hanan team with Mayu, but you're forgetting about two other partners Hanan can team with. Obviously, Saeeda is part of Wingori, and you know the other person she should team with to uh, chase these tag belts? Go on. 
a human Cadillac, Dorian <laughs> DeVille. <laughs> Got it in. <laughs> Dream Queen to main event. Sub the red belt. Tokyo Dome main event, brother. Let's, um, let's, That's let's, true. Let's think, let's think big here, brother. Let's, you know, our goal here is to have as many people watch stardom as possible. And that's, you know, Dream Queendom, you know, what's that, 4,000, 5,000 people? We're going for 71,000 at the Tokyo Dome, brother. How could I be so short-sighted? <laughs> How could I be so short-sighted? It's a great match, though. <laughs> Go and check it out. Um, Megan Bain and Suzu Suzuki. Now, I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed her other singles match considerably more. And we are going to be talking about that match because that match slaps with a capital S. This was good, but I feel like it was sort of a precursor to the match that she would then have with Julia in a couple of days' time. Megan Baines put on some bangers. You know, when she first came in, obviously we'll get into the match with Julia. First came in, she was basically booked like as if she's like Hawker Animal, like or Bruiser Brody, just coming in, just running through people. And it makes sense because she was something different, just running through people, almost like squashes to build her up for a match with Tam. And we didn't know what to expect in that match. And it went out and I'm like, wow, this was an absolute banger. Like, I think I had like four and a quarter, four and a half stars. And then she teams with Micah, and they pretty much run through everybody. And don't get me wrong, they have really good matches, but they were booked very much, again, like the Road Warriors, just running through everybody. And then you get to that finals match against Crazy Star, and it was like, I thought it was the best match from the tournament, which was a really, despite the injuries, the Goddess of Stardom Tag Tournament, uh, you know, a few months ago, was a really good tournament. I had it as my favorite match of the whole tournament. I thought it was great. And then she's putting on bangers here with Suzu. She's putting on bangers with Julia. It looks like they're going to probably run that Julia match back sometime uh, sometime soon as well as they should because it's garnering a lot of buzz, a lot of buzz. And then, again, obviously, spoilers for the uh, the pay-per-view on Saturday. As it's listed on the website, she's in the main event, her and Micah versus Aphrodite. No, that's going to be an absolute banger as well. So I really like everything Megan Bain is, is doing here. Again, she's coming in. As a complete monster, she has those little uh, funny comedy bits with May Sarah, which I think was great. But then when it comes down to have like an you know a, you know a four four and a quarter star match, she can pretty much do it with anybody in the roster, and uh, it's really nice to see that somebody that she's just completely different on this loaded roster of stardom. So yeah, really excited to see what's gonna happen with Megan Bain from the future coming on out, my friend. Because again, this match with Suzu was great, the match with Julia was great. Again, I, there's a possibility they're gonna run that match with Julia back sometime soon uh at least the way that it's kind of it looked like to me they were building towards something and then again that uh this tag match we have coming up on saturday i'm really really looking forward to so okay like fancy booking hats on for a moment oh you are if you are starting and you've got megan bain who has been pinned once since she came into stardom um and she put on a good match with Tam, a good match with Suzu, fantastic match with Julia. You want to run that Julia Megan Bain match back. It makes sense if you're going to do that. Obviously, we haven't got a considerable amount of shows left in the year. Should Julia beat Azumi on Saturday, would you then have Megan Bain come out and challenge Julia for the New Japan? open weight strong women's super duper woman's open woman championship yes i would my friend i would i mentioned it last week when i talked about mariah and ami um 
uh, not Mar- uh, Mariah and uh, Sayorianu. When you have a match that's that good, that has a time limit draw, it's fresh in everybody's mind. It's got buzz. Everybody's talking about it. You can run it back. And we really don't know, you know, what Julie is going to be doing between really, you know, you can run that match with Megan Bang back at Dream Queendom, depending on what to do with Julie or the anniversary show or some big Corkin show, you know, at the beginning of, uh, of the new year. I mean, this match is getting a lot of buzz. In my opinion, it's been the best Megan Bang match, singles or tag, since she's been in. And she's had some really, really good matches. And I think her and Julia's style, they just mesh really well. You know, Julia is the dangerous queen. You know, she throws some haymakers, you know, with the fists, the headbutts, the forearms, you know, the knees, and obviously has a really strong arsenal of submissions and uh, drop-on-your-head type moves where Megan Bain is just an absolute monster. And they just beat the tar out of each other, especially that closing, like, 90 or 80 to 90 seconds was like, you're just like, I want to want, I want to see more of this. When can I see more of this? And how do I pay for it? And I think a lot of people had that coming. And I think our, you know, had the same thought process as I did. And I think stardom sees that. And I think, you know, Hey, it's fresh in everybody's minds. Let's find a way to run this back and run it back. Hopefully in the next six to eight weeks. So yeah, that's where I would go again. But though Azumi's talking about, she already has plans for this new Japan strong championship that she wants to tour America for a little bit, like how Julia has done with the new Japan strong championship. So it's not written in the books just yet that Julia is going to uh, come out on Saturday with the, uh, with that purple belt, buddy. No, that is very true. And of course it's pro wrestling. Anything could happen, but in, in honesty, in, in your opinion, obviously Julia, one of the biggest stars stardom have and dream queendom is the most consistent show we've had from stardom name wise and you know placement wise it's been on the 29th of december for the last three years name's been the exact same do you think first of all say that julia retains and we haven't we haven't talked about the suzu it's a good match go and check it out um but say that mega made does challenge do you think that is a big enough match for Julia at Rio Goku? And that's no disrespect to Megan Bain whatsoever, because this match absolutely bangs and is, in my opinion, the best Julia match in a while. Um, so full credit must go to Megan Bain. But is that a tasty sumo hall matchup or? do you run it as the main event of year-end climax on Christmas Eve? Ooh, that's a great question. Or you have a new blood show on Christmas Day. There's a possibility you run that on Christmas Day as well. Because back in the you know 80s and early 90s, a lot of you know NWA and WWE, WWF would run on Christmas Day because you give the ticket as a Christmas present if you live local. What do you you know? You open the presents up at night. What do you are in the morning? What are you going to do at night? Go see the wrestling. So that's a possibility. You could run it on the twenty fourth. You can run it on the twenty fifth, or you can run it at Queendom. And I understand it's like okay, Julia had at last year's uh, Dream Queendom and one of the best matches in Stardom history with Sherry. You know, for the World of Stardom Championship. So what do you do a year later? Is Megan Bain a big enough star? That's a great question, my friend. I definitely want to see this match again. I'm not alone in that. I think everybody does. Mm-hmm. I do, do you do it? Do you do it at Queendom? To stardom give that spot to Megan Bain and saying, okay, you know, let's you've had a, a fantastic time since you were here. 
You've obviously proven yourself. Here you go. Here you go. You're going to get Julia, one of, if not our biggest star. Julia, obviously, you know, a lot of buzz speculating on her, where she's going to be in eight to 10 months from now, which is obviously we've talked about. Um, at your, you know, pretty much your second biggest show of the year, your biggest show at this, you know, it, it, you know to, to go into 2024. Do you have Julia, your biggest star, going up against Megan Bain, who up until um, she debuted on night one of the five star, I had no idea who she was. But at the same time, has done nothing but hit home run after home run after home run. I say, why the hell not, Rob? I mean, look at what the main event more than likely is going to be for Sumo Hall. You're trying new things, and it's making things exciting. Um, so, you know, if this show at the end of the year, we're trying new things up on the main event because we want to push new ideas and new people and give wrestlers a chance to prove themselves. Megan Bain's proven herself, and you know that if they're going to run this back on a big paper, if it, this match was that good. This match was mm-hmm. that good on a quote-unquote house show. How much better is it going to be on one of your biggest shows of the year for the New Japan Strong Championship in front of around 3,000 people on pay-per-view? Now I you, say, what the hell, go for it, go for it. You're absolutely right. Um, it was more a hypothetical question because if you look at the Dream Queendom cards that have gone past, they haven't been afraid of you know putting bigger names down the card. I mean, Mayu Iwatani has been in two multi-woman tags. So, you know they're not afraid of going, right, well, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. You know, I'd love to see Amisori in a prominent position on that Dream Queendom card. I don't think it's going to happen because there's simply too much to do. Um, of course, we still need a white belt challenger for Mirai, um, but they do run back Mirai versus Sioriano um, at Dream Queendom. I mean, that would be a really interesting top three matches, wouldn't it? If you think the top three matches for this year's Dream Queendom could be, potentially, Micah versus Suzu Suzuki for the Red Belt, um, Mirai versus Sioriano for the White Belt, and Julia versus Megan Bain for the New Japan Strong Women's Championship. That's three really different matchups. And then you think that you've still got Mayu, you've still got Aphrodite, um, you've still got Momo Watanabe, you've still got Starlight Kids, you've still got Hazuki, Mina, um, Amisori, Suri, who <laughs> don't have a match on that card. That that would be a tasty, tasty card. Um, I'm really intrigued, especially if Aphrodite are your tag champs by this point, which, spoilers, I do think they will be. Um, yeah, it's this card is shaping up really, really well. If that's where they go, I mean, they might throw a complete curveball and uh, call, you know, call a f- sort of uh, a white belt. What's the word I'm looking for? Call an audible and just say, do you know what? It's time for Mariah versus our Lord and Savior Fuki in death. Four minutes. <laughs> bish, bash, bosh. Um, <laughs> it would have to be a three way. You have to be a three way, then Fuki and death gets the roll up and then she's your new uh, white belt champion. But, uh, yeah, I mean, real quick, by just the kind of because you're talking about the white belt scenario, it's really easy. All you do on there's obviously there's a load of shows coming up over the next few weeks. You can literally just have Mina come out and be like, "Hey, Mariah, I beat you in the five star. Everybody that's beaten you in the five star, they all have had championship opportunities. I never got mine. I didn't. I don't think I had a fair shake, or I wasn't focused after I won the Wonder of Stardom Championship. I want my crack again. Bing, bang, boom. All good to go." You know, give me Mirai versus Mina Shirakawa. 
I'm just looking at that rundown of shows that we've just done. And I know it's not the full cards, but I can't see Mirai and Mina interacting too much. But again, this is only up to the 10th, so, you know, there's plenty That's of time. Con- press conference, brother. Have you never seen a start on press conference? That is All true. stuff goes crazy. That's Shut true. <laughs> However, if, as you say, as, again, as you say, if people from Stardom do potentially listen to this podcast, um, uh, then I'm going to put my hat in the ring and ask for Hazuki to be in that white belt match. Because if I don't shoot my shot, then <laughs> it's never going to happen. Um, so, Let's move on to the 25th. I feel like we've already talked a lot about the matches on this on these two cards, but we'll run through them anyway. Um, the show from Saitama um, on the 25th of November in the Sayama Citizens General Gymnasium. 301 people on this card. Uh, we started with a singles match. Amisori defeating Yuzuki in 8 minutes and 22 seconds with a pinfall reversal. Uh, she then went back-to-back defeating Hanako. Uh, in 5 minutes and 54 seconds with a blue thunderbomb. In a tag team match then, Wingori got the pinfall victory. Hanan and Saeeda over the Queen's Quest team of Hina and Miyu Wamasaki. Hanan pinning her sister Hina with the blockbuster in 8 minutes and 59 seconds. Um, as we've talked about singles match, the Scandinavian Hurricane Alice Inc. defeated Ruaka in 6 minutes and 41 seconds with the high kick. Um, in a tag team match, the team of Mirai and Suri defeated the team of Megan Bain and Yuna Mazamori. Mirai pinning Yuna with the Lariat in 12 minutes and 6 seconds. And then in your main event, the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Micah and Mei Sakurai defeated the Iwedata team of Natsukatora, Rina and Starlight Kid with Micah pinning Rina in 16 minutes and 6 seconds with the Michinoku Driver 2. Um, I know we've already talked about um, Alice Inc. We've already talked about you know the matches and how she's doing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about two of these matches in particular. The card's solid enough, but I want to talk a little bit about Yuna Mizumori because I think she is someone that we don't necessarily talk about a lot. And I think she was put in a match here with both Mirai and Suri and Megan Bain, and did not feel out of place. We talked about Amisori being improved. We talked about May Sakurai being improved. Yuna Mizumori has to be in that conversation as well. Uh, folks, if you follow me on Twitter, I sing Yuna Mizumori's praises all the time. I think she's the most improved wrestler in all of wrestling in 2023. I think she's absolutely fantastic. Oh, that's uh, why. I, do, I don't follow you on Twitter, Matt. That's why. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I'll tell you what, what a heartbreak. He, he probably even said something rude to me yesterday. So something around <laughs> the you? lines of like, I think I said something around the use like, oh, well, this person likes you and this person likes you. And I said, well, you know, I try to be easy to get along with you. Like, yeah, I didn't notice. I was like, oh, how dare you? I was thinking you're hanging around my wife too much. Just put me down, brother. I kid, I kid. Yeah, Yuna's been absolutely great here. And someone even mentioned to me with uh, Sayori and Natsupoi vacating the titles that don't you think like Sayori should have a partner? and go after, you know, whoever comes out on the second as the tag champs. Do I think she should get a title shot with a partner of her choosing? And it was about two or three weeks ago that they had Sayori and Yuna Mizumori kind of as a makeshift team in these, you know, uh, quote-unquote house shows. And they were absolutely fantastic. They were low-key, like, the best matches of, like, the month, you know, not on pay-per-view. And Sayori and Yuna were great. And I would, again, if Aphrodite do come out this weekend as tag champs, 
I would love to see Aphrodite versus Sayori versus Yuna Mizumori. I think those would be fantastic matches. But Yuna was great here. Obviously, you see the graphic. You know, you know that Mega Bay is not eating the L. You know they're keeping Mariah and Cherry strong. So you know where you're going. Like we know the destination, but the journey to get there was absolutely fantastic. Because yeah, Yuna did not feel out of place at all. And again, I kind of talked about Megan Bain's uh, kind of comedic timing that I don't even know if she knows she has. So, of course, Yuna just hits, gets destroyed with this lariat from Mirai. She gets a three count. Yuna rolls the outside. Megan Bain just picks up Yuna, puts her on her shoulders, looks at the camera, and then marches right back to the locker room. <laughs> that was great. Like, I know she's not going for this comedy thing, but just what, what she did there and what she did, what she does all the time at May Sarah, just great. Just another wrinkle in the game of Megan Bain. But again, Yuna Mizumori is absolutely fantastic, and she's another one to watch out for in 2024. Yeah, completely agree, completely agree. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the Wingori team, um, simply because I just want to talk about Hannah and Sayurida a little bit more. Um, uh, Hina, again, is someone we don't see very often, and is someone who is overlooked in Queen's Quest because she's not on the roster as much because of schooling and things like that. But I thought, again, she had a really, really good showing alongside Miyu Amasaki. Hina missing shows because of school. Jeez, Ryan, we can do a whole thing on this. What a what an excuse, says to the former school teacher. Anywho, <laughs> uh, yeah, this was great. And I just want to correct you, partner, about a minute ago you said that uh, Hana won this match over Hina with a blockbuster. It was actually the Hana special that she hit onto uh, onto Hina. But um, yes, this was great. And I'm inter- I again, we've said this before. When it comes to the New Blood tag titles, they should be defending them on these shows. Just, like when, they, like, there's no reason why this could not have been a New Blood tag team championship match. You get your defenses up. It puts another wrinkle in the match. It might help sell a couple more tickets. You can literally just do the same match. It's a great match that went around nine minutes. And Heen and Miyu Masaki, they wrestle on a lot of the New Blood shows as well. So I just think they should be having these. You know, it doesn't have to be a New Blood show to have a title defense. Um, regardless, this was great. Hana's great. Saeed is great. And again, again we talk about Han- We sing Hana's praises all the time. She teams up great with Saeed as part of Wingori. The eye contact team with her and Mayu is terrific. They throw in Nanai Takahashi, who's been wrestling longer than Hana's been on this earth. And gels really well there. Just goes to show you at 19 years old how good Hana is, not only in a singles role, but a tag role. And it doesn't matter who you team her with because she just gels so well with uh, with her partners and her opponents as well. And again, Hina Miyu Amasaki, they're kind of on the lower tier of my favorite faction in all of wrestling, Queen's Quest. But they gelled really well together too. And they're another two wrestlers that are really, really improving on this roster. I love this match. I thought this was great. I actually had a three and a half stars partner. Yeah, really, really, really good match. Really good match. Um, let's move on then to the last show before Corican, which was the Stardom in Kurayama show, uh, 26th of November in Fukushima. Fukushima Big Palette, to be exact, 523 people in attendance. Um, and the card and results are as follows. Hina defeated Yuzuki in 8 minutes and 8 seconds with the Rabuka. Starlight Kid defeated Miyu Wamasaki with the Black Tiger Leg Killer. That was a really good match, by the way. You should go and check that one out. The Scandinavian Hurricane Alice Inc. defeated Hanako in 7 minutes and 35 seconds. The Cross Arm Breaker. Oh, sorry, I got hiccups. Donna Del Mondo team of Micah and Mei Sakurai defeated the Stars team of Hanan and Saya Ida in 6 minutes and 55 seconds when... 
Sorry, Rita. Not pinned after the diving <laughs> elbow drop. Um, uh, Julia and Megan Bain, which we've already talked about, went to a time limit draw. 15 minutes. Absolutely go out of your way to check this match out. It is the match of the three cards that I would highly recommend you going to see. And then in your main event, I'm sorry, Mirai and Yuri of God's Eye defeated the Iwaratai team of Tora, Rina and Ruaka, with Amisori again getting the pinfall in 17 minutes and 47 seconds with the like a lightning bolt. Um, a couple of things to note from this. They built Amisori up so well ahead of this Korokan. She felt like a genuine, genuine threat. Um, Starlight Kid and Miyu Amasaki. God, I've missed Starlight Kid and I cannot wait for her to get pushed higher up the card. She's my early pick for the Cinderella tournament. Even though it's not really a heel tournament, I still think she could go all the way and get that white belt shot there. Um, and again, Julia and Megan Bain, go out of your way to see it. It is an extremely good match. In a year when Julia has had a lot of good matches, this might be one of the best matches. Yeah, this was absolutely fantastic. I, I, I want to touch upon, we'll, we'll talk about Julia Megan Bain in a second. I just kind of want to get your opinion on something. May Sakurai with this diving elbow, do you think, because she's got these that big hat, do you think when she wears that hat, that now <laughs> she's got more power like in her elbow, very much like <laughs> Professor Xavier when he puts on the helmet for Cerebo, right? And all of a sudden he, gets, he can get in tune with all the mutants across the, this universe and any universe, and it makes him more powerful when he puts on the cerebral helmet do you think yes folks and if you had a professor xavier and may sakurai uh cross reference on your stardom cast bingo card you win do you think when she puts on these hats she gets more power especially into her elbow i th i thought you were talking <laughs> about simply because of the weight of the thing and just adding more weight to her so that she crushes people um yes absolutely i, f I feel like to be perfectly honest Many do call May Sakurai the Charles Xavier of stardom. I've I've heard it mentioned many, 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 many times. Uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, um, but like it, it's still not very good. Like May Sakurai's improved so much. Her character is fantastic. She was getting a lot of cheers at Corican. That Corican crowd, by the way, we will talk about it, was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and she was getting a really, really good reception. But that elbow drop still sucks. <laughs> really does. I just realized, I think I, think I might have just called her May Sarah. That's how messed up I am. May Sarah. May Sakurai. Jeez, I apologize if I did. But yes, May Sakurai is the Charles Xavier of stardom. <laughs> <laughs> but there you are. There you are. Um, mm -hmm. Again, Starlight Kid and Miyu Amasaki, the styles meshed really, really well. Um, and even though it was sort of a a given that Starlight Kid was going to win this match, I thought Miyu Amasaki again put forward a really good showing for herself. Do you think, well, not even do you think, I think it's fair to say that Starlight Kid, even without the injury, hasn't had the most productive of years. Um, especially when you consider how we thought this was going to be like the breakout year for her. Do you think 2024 has more in store for Starlight Kid? Yeah, I think so. Especially, um, I believe tomorrow we're going to be doing the um, recording for the alternate commentary versus her and Saya Kamatani for the Wonder of Stardom Championship last year. And it really seemed because she was ever so close in that match and then she went on she had a really good five star in 2022 and then she just ate a whole bunch of L's 
in the tournament. And again, there was a lot of injuries going on. They had a reshuffle, and they thought maybe that mathematically that was the only thing that made sense for her was to her to eat a lot of defeats. Uh, then she comes back and she eats another L to Azumi in that three-way with her and Suzu Suzuki, but it made sense. You want to keep Suzu strong for the end of the year. You're keeping Azumi strong for the challenge for Julia. So um, I think right now it's kind of just like, let's pull Starlight Kid back a little from, you know, from getting the wins and then we'll, we'll push her back up the card. Obviously she's putting on great matches, you know, getting that three-way with her and Azumi uh, and Suzu Suzuki from last week was great. This match at Miyu Amasaki was terrific. You know, she's starting to get some of these wins on these, you know, quote unquote house shows. But, uh, yeah, I can see her getting up in line for a big push for next year, especially when, considering the fact, you know, the beginning of this year, she basically said that she's graduating from the high-speed division. You know, she put a Zoomy over again in the Triangle Derby final night. So you kind of figured, okay, here comes Starlight Kid's big push, where she might be challenging again for the Wonder of Stardom Championship or for the World of Stardom Championship. And that never really happened. And, you know, again, we kind of don't know why. Again, maybe because of the injuries of everything going on in the five-star things had to be reshuffled, but I'm excited to see. I mean, nobody can deny how talented she is. She's one, one of the most talented wrestlers, not just in stardom, but in all of wrestling. You know, she is so, so good, and she's literally one small angle away of becoming one of the top baby faces in stardom, and it's really hard to boo her, even though she's part of the only major heel faction in stardom in a wedo tie, but she's just so charismatic. She's so good in the ring. She's so flawless in what she does that, again, even though she's supposed to be a heel, Everybody just kind of cheers her because she's great in the ring, similar to, you know, when EO turned on Mayu back in 2017, that it was like, or 16, excuse me, it was like, you can't boo her because she's so good. It's kind of akin there. But uh, to answer your question, I think Starlight Kid is going to have a huge run in 2024. Whether she's going to win the Cinderella tournament, I don't know. I think that'd be a cool look, you know, with the uh, the, the the gown and the crown on the mask. could be something different, you know, it's still a lot of, sell a lot of eight by tens brother so we'll see my friend but i'm excited because style kids one of my favorites um let's <clears throat> pardon me um let's move on because i want to talk a little bit about this corican show and matt as a as a gift to you my friend oh i am gonna summarize it i'm gonna read out the results in a moment and then i'm gonna summarize my thoughts and what I want you to do, and I want you at home to listen and play along as well, I want you to tell me what band I am referencing throughout oh. my references. Wait until the end to tell me. Okay. And if you can, count how many references I've made. Um, I will run through the results first, though. Tuesday, 28th of November, Corican Hall, 1,117 people. I think stardom needed a good attendance for this show um, after sort of a, a lackluster week and which sort of was epitomized by the poor draw of that Corrigan Hall show. Um, a big draw here, obviously you had the one night tournament and you had the return of Aphrodite. This goes to show that just give, just give the people something doesn't have to be a red belt match doesn't even have to be a white belt match just give them something because if you treat Corrigan Hall like any other venue you know like no offense but Fukushima Big Palette or whatever then it doesn't feel special and people will stop coming and your attendances will stop dropping uh, start dropping and I think that's where Corrigan was going however if you're main eventing your Corrigan Hall show with a 15 16 17 minute goddess of stardom title match 
or a fantastic artist of Stardom title match. 2021, Stardom had it nailed because the artist of Stardom title match headlined it, I think, something like six times uh, when Tam, uh, Mina and Unagi held the belts and they were putting on great matches. And I think that's what you need to do. You need to reserve some of those title matches for the Corican Hall show. Still make the Corricans worth watching. Don't negate them just because, sorry, don't neglect them just because we're now running bigger venues for pay-per-views. Especially if you are only running um, one pay-per-view a month, use Corican as that second big show of the month. Now, I'm not saying go all out and make it pay-per-view worthy, but, you know, just put a title match on that card or put a high-profile singles match on that card. Make people want to tune into the Corrigan Hall shows because, as proved by here, you know, we've gone up significantly with the tournament. I think even without Aphrodite's return, it would have gone up because of the stakes. But even so, that has to be a draw, doesn't it, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really seems like they did really well here. Um, again, you're, they drew over 1,100 people. And again, you still had no Tam, no Mayu. Um, excellent, excellent draw. Again, from what uh, when we had some of our listeners that were at the show, they said the atmosphere. And you saw the you know, majority of the show, and I can't wait to hear you know, what you're, you're going to say. They said the atmosphere was absolutely electric. You know, I heard that Micah came across as a huge, huge star. So anybody second-guessing you know, having Micah in the main event of one of your biggest shows of the year, from what I understand, all the doubters will be silenced once they watch this show. Uh, Cork and Hall is kind of like their unofficial home. It's always where you can kind of project, you know, who's over, who's not over. And again, this show dropped just this morning as us recording. Rob is going to kind of run through everything. What I'm going to do, just so we're not waiting for a full week of my review, and the fact that our YouTube show is ever-growing is that after I watch this show, probably today, um, sometime uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, video record myself giving just a quick rundown of the show and then I'm going to throw it up on our YouTube uh, channel so that'll probably be up um, either Thursday Friday or Saturday give or take so you will have my results I'll kind of run through everything I'll give my the stardom star rating but uh, I just don't want to wait for another week so um, that look for that on our YouTube channel coming up um, sometime in the next few days. So the card itself, and I just want to shout out Armani Shoe Exchange, our good friend on Twitter, who uh, pointed out that, yes, Stardom has had a lot of issues with injuries. However, this card featured 30 wrestlers and a pre-show match. So uh, clearly the roster is still quite deep. Um, So we started with Rina defeating Yuzuki in 9 minutes and 25 seconds with the diving double knee drop. Uh, Fuking Death pinned um, Hina in four minutes and six seconds with the O'Connor roll. Sioriano defeated Hanako and Miu Amasaki in a three-way battle, pinning Hanako with the Hurricane Rana in seven minutes and 24 seconds. Six-person tag team match next. The Oweretai team of Natsukatora, Ruaka and Starlight Kid defeated the Stars team of Hazuki, Hanan and Sayaida with Tora pinning Sayaida with the Death Valley Bomb in 7 minutes and 49 seconds. Uh, in the World of Stardom Championship Tournament first round, Momo Watanabe defeated Mina Shirakawa in 9 minutes and 56 seconds with the Peach Sunrise. Uh, in the in the other first round matchup, Micah defeated Amisori in nine minutes and twenty six seconds with the Michinoku Driver two. 
We then had a double countout between Tekla and the Scandinavian Hurricane Alice Inc. Um, in 8 minutes and 19 seconds. In your third from the top, we had a tag match. Mirai and um, Suri defeated May Sakurai and Julia with Mirai pinning May Sakurai with the Lariat in 9 minutes and 1 second. We then had the Aphrodite return match. The Queen's Quest team of Sayaka Matani, Azumi and Utami Hayashista uh, went to a 15-minute time limit draw with Megan Bain, May Seira and Suzu Suzuki. And then in your main event, Micah defeated Momo Watanabe in 14 minutes and 33 seconds. Michinoku Driver 2. She will be in the main event of Sumo Hall, December 29th, Dream Queendom, to face either Suzu Suzuki or Hazuki. Um, overall, a fantastic card. And before I go into my little my little summary um, the reaction to Saya and Utami's names being read out was nuclear. And it's it's worth pointing out that this Corican crowd were hot for everything. It was a fantastic crowd and really did go to show why Corrigan Hall is just one of those venues. Um, right, ladies and gentlemen, it's, uh, it's the moment of truth. What I'd like you to do if you're at home, listening not if you're driving um i would like you to see if you can write down and um guess a which band i'm referencing in my very quick recap and if you can pick out any songs or how many songs that i'm referencing matt are you ready hold on my pen writes here we go let's go brother let's do this so hina drew the shortest straw when she was pitted against uh, Fukuki Death, uh, losing by a roll-up so quick, it wouldn't surprise me if she got whiplash. Sayori Anu unsurprisingly pinned Hanukkah with the Hurricane Rana, her limbs flailing as though she was trapped under ice. Hazuki Hanan and Sayurida and Starlight Kid Tora and Ruaka had a hard-hitting affair, which isn't hard to believe. Hazuki is hardwired to obliterate all in her path and cause as much damage, ink, as possible. Unfortunately, it's sad but true that Sayurida must eat the pin. Momo and Mina beat the motor breath out of each other. And honestly, I'd say this has been the most I've been entertained by Momo since her turn. Her matches are absolutely killer. Mina was attacked by Oeditai throughout the match, but she made out to kill them all and choosing to fight fire with fire. Also, killer promo from uh, Mina afterwards that they posted on Twitter. Um, it's it's properly like her Hiroshima once where she's crying through a mouthful of blood. This is great. I think someone's put subtitles over it as well. So if you can, go and check it out because it proper plays into this whole, uh, this whole Mina arc, which is great. She fought from underneath as though nothing else mattered. But ultimately, it is the end of the line for Mina. Amisori attacked Micah before the bell rang, as though she had Saint Anger round her neck. The strength she showed to turn over Micah on her shoulders was incredible, like some kind of monster. Micah, however, feels like the one, and comes out of this show as the hero of the day, closely followed by Sai Kamatani and Momo. Amisori did herself proud, but ultimately couldn't quite get the job done. At least her memory will remain. Welcome home, Sire and Yutami. Incredible reaction as their names are announced. Utami's under pressure from Megan Bain. 
Is she too far gone? Bane, on a mission to seek and destroy after two time limit draws, was able to suplex all three members of Queen's Quest at once, but Itami is able to then do it to Megan Bane, showing no remorse. There's a brief exchange between Saya and Suzu, which is absolutely tremendous. Though she did say she was going to tone the offence down, imagine my surprise when she goes to a dive to the outside. She must be at the frayed ends of her sanity. This is followed by Aphrodite challenging for the tag belts. The thought of main eventing Sumo Hall is enough to fuel the fire of Micah to go blow for blow with Momo. They unleash an absolute battery of offence on each other. However, when we fade to black, Micah is in her rightful place, at the top of the Sumo Hall card. Now, Mr. Matt Turner, what band was I referencing? It's either Prince or NSYNC. I do <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, NSYNC. Um, clearly, one of my all, my second favorite band of all time, Metallica. That was fantastic, my friend. That was terrific. You know, that, that was great, my man. Um, let me see if I got all the... I, I, I'm assuming that I'm right. It's Metallica, correct? Of, of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. Okay, here's what I have. Let me see if I missed any. Are you okay. ready, good sir? I'm ready. Let's do this. Short as straw, whiplash, yep. Yep. trapped under ice, yep. hardwired, yep. damage incorporated, sad yep. but true, motor yep. breath, kill them all, fight fire with fire, nothing else matters, St. Anger, some kind of monster, one, hero of the day, memory remains, welcome home, also known as sanitarium, too far gone, seek and destroy, no remorse, freight ends of sanity, fuel, battery, fade to black. What did I miss? You missed two. You missed two, which is quite impressive oh. considering I read them at quite a significant pace. What, what, what were they? You missed The Memory Remains. Oh. And the, oh. and the End of the Line. The End of the Line? What album's that off? It's off Death Magnetic. Oh, that's why. There that's you go. That's why. Oh, never meant I should have got though. That was excellent, my friend. Great job. Yes, we know that. Uh, per your Judas Priest references from uh, from last <laughs> week, we got quite a buzz from uh, from listeners all over the world that absolutely loved it. So as usual, folks, that anytime a bit gets over, we have to run it back. Very much like the Bipoy or Rob getting really hot over Hanan's new theme oh or the uh, Human Cadillac. Dorian Deville. So we make sure we make sure we do a good job working them in. And Rob, not only was that a home run, that was a home run. And then you caught the home run, you ran back, and then you hit another home run with the ball you just caught. So that was that was one of the best segments in Stardom Cast history. Great job, Rob, bra- brother, bravo! Thank you very much. I was uh, I was very proud of myself. Um, now, it, in all seriousness, this card is fantastic. Um, uh, in terms of ratings. Um, Micah and Amisori, four stars, really, really, really good match. Mina and Momo, four and a quarter. Again, I'm so entertained by Momo Watanabe at the moment. She's really, really coming into her own for the first time, probably since she attacked Azumi um, with that um, wrench in her boot. Um, I've really enjoyed the Saya Kamatani, Azumi and Utami match simply because it's great to see them in the ring together, but also because it looks like Utami has not missed a beat. Saya Kamatani as well. That exchange with Suzu Suzuki, I want to see it again and again and again and again. It was Saya Kamatani who comes out on top 
as uh, as the match comes to its conclusion. She hits the uh, Star Crusher on Suzu. So I do wonder how long it is before we propel Saya into that main event. And then Micah versus Momo Watanabe. The Stardom Twitter account did say that all three of these Red Belt tournament matches were Red Belt worthy. And I do agree. Micah, awesome. Micah and Momo Watanabe, four and a half stars. And yes, I might have some people going, that's very high. Honestly, I loved it. The crowd, the aura, Micah is so over. Yes, it's a Metallica song, but at the moment, Micah is the one. She really oh. does feel that way. And if it is Suzu Suzuki who's going to beat Hazuki and be the one to face Micah, Stardom have got a very, very tough decision because both women are very over and I don't know who you put the belt on. Um, but even so, Micah, MVP of this show. Um, uh, Amisori, fantastic showing. Really, really good. Momo, in fact, all four women in this tournament, as we knew they would, absolutely knocked this opportunity out of the park. Mina Shirakawa's promo, which I actively encourage you to go and check out after you've seen her match, is brilliant, bursting into floods of tears, lamenting the loss to Momo Watanabe, especially because it wasn't fair, because <laughs> just randomly Tora just came in and gave her the Death Valley driver. Um, like, Oedetai's got Oedetai, brother. Oedetai has got Oedetai. I seriously do not understand mm. how the referee does not see it, but there we are. Um, referees are blind. We know this. Um, but yes, all matches really, really good. The only match that I was a little bit disappointed in was Tekla versus Alice Inc. Um, and it was just, it just felt a little bit, I don't know, disjointed. And then the finish. Um, obviously, I know that you're keeping Tekla, or should I say Tekla? Um, I know that you've got to keep Tekla hot because she's uh, she's taking on my Sarah. Um, at the pay-per-view, I know you've got to keep Alice Inc. hot because she's facing Nanai Takahashi at the pay-per-view, but I don't know, the double count-out didn't really work for me. But, you know, that happens. It, it's nothing against either woman, it just didn't really land for me personally. Um, before we preview the Nagoya Big Winter Show, um, oh, the six-woman tag, the uh, Aphrodite return match, four and a quarter stars as well. Um wow. The outfits, real. I mean, I've seen the outfits. I was retweeting them as if their star power between the two. I know can't get any better. I was like, "Holy geez, they what's the what's the saying that you kids use nowadays? Pokey evolved up. Is that what they did, Rob? Pokey evolved. They did indeed. They did indeed. <laughs> Sayaka Matani genuinely just she smiled the entire time. It was one of the most wholesome moments. She just got this nuclear reaction. Um, and Utami did as well, but I don't know. I felt it more for Saya, and I think that's probably because Saya's been gone longer. But yeah, great to see two of the heavy hitters in stardom back again. Um, Matt, how was how was Azumi? I mean, every I mean, Azumi's one of my favorite wrestlers, and it's just like you guys realize Azumi was in this match, right? Was uh, how was everything that she did? She did she get lost in the shuffle at all, or was uh, Azumi just being Azumi? Azumi was being Azumi, and you know. Azumi's got a Azumi. Um, you know, she does. I guess it works with anybody. It does. Um, she works really well with whoever she's in the ring with. I thought she had, with the limited time she was in the ring with Megan Bain, I thought she had really good chemistry with her. But ultimately, the focus in this match was Megan Bain, Suzu Suzuki, Saya, Utami. 
Um, which makes sense when you think that Aphrodite are going to be challenging Megan Bain and Micah, who are not the tag champs, it's worth pointing out. They are not the tag champs, despite both holding belts. Um, that was sort of the money. That was where they were focused, and, and rightly so. But it did mean that Azumi and Maysera was sort of, not necessarily pushed aside, but weren't the main focus of the match. Still a great match. Literally everything from the Aweditai and Stars tag match onwards is worth watching, um, and I highly recommend the card. It, it's up there as perhaps one of, if not the best, non-pay-per-view card stardom of par. Um, awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Now, Matt, um, it's time, before we preview Nagoya Big Winter, for EO and Kyrie Watch. Yes, Eo and Kyrie Watch, boy, they had a they had a thing this weekend, did they not, sir? So um, we go to SmackDown the day before uh, the pay per view, the day before Survivor Series, eleven twenty four, twenty twenty three. Really, not much going on. It just basically sets up. Um, they do a backstage segment that sets up Bailey and Oscar versus Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch when Bailey uh, winds up pinning Becky Lynch uh, again. Saw enough match. There really wasn't too much with Eo and Kyrie, but the big money, Rob Goodwin was Survivor Series, War Games. And when you would have told me a handful of years ago that two of my favorite wrestlers ever, Kyrie and Io, would be in a War Games match coming out to my favorite fan of all time, uh, one Black Sabbath with Ozzy Osbourne, the true GOAT of any and all things relevant, uh, singing that, uh, you know, that would be, uh, that's something. That's something. It's really cool that you do have, you know, the War Pigs from Black Sabbath is the theme to War Games. And your opening match, and I was kind of thinking, I was wondering what was going to be the main event. Now, truth be told, I don't watch a lot of Monday Night Raw. It's not that I just don't enjoy the product. I just don't have the time. So I really wasn't sure how hot the men's War Games match was going to be. I think everything going on with damage control, especially these last three or four weeks, has been absolutely fantastic. We mentioned last week EO is drawing well over two. EO segments are doing well over two million views uh, for SmackDown. So I thought there might have been a good chance that the women's match main event of the show. Truth be told, I was kind of hoping it would go on first just because I fall asleep very early because I get up very early. (laughs) And I was happy that this match did start out. Um, I thought it was a great start. They started this match out with um, with uh, Becky versus Bailey. So you have two of the four, you know, horsewomen that are familiar with each other. So they get in there first, and then uh, we don't see this much in the War Games. And I've seen every War Games match, not only the WWE style, the NXT style, but going back to the NWA and the Crockets, where it just happens the heels happen to have the advantage for every War Games. What are the odds of that? But this was different. The baby faces have the advantage. Uh, Shotzi comes in next. I thought there was some really good stuff there. And then we get the champion, EO comes in. And EO comes in and she just takes over. She hits a, she does the double springboard. She springboards from one side of the ropes to the other ropes to hit the dropkick on the Shotzi. I thought that was really good. Bianca Belair comes in. And for someone that has never wrestled outside of WWE, never had like the indie run or never wrestled in Japan or Mexico, Bianca, if I, if I can have one wrestler in WWE that's never wrestled in Japan before come over to have a stardom run, it would be, be Bianca Belair. And I, the reason why I said what I said is, obviously, I would love to have EO back. I would love to have Asuka have a stardom run, but I would love to see Bianca Belair in stardom. Can you imagine a Bianca versus Mayu match or Starlight Kid or Izumi? It'd be unbelievable. I think Bianca is is one of the best wrestlers on this entire roster. But she comes in. Uh, she just absolutely kills The crowd goes absolutely nuts for her. Uh, then we have Kyrie coming in. And uh, as everybody, <laughs> you, you can tell you're in a hardcore city. You're, you know that you're in Chicago 
or Philly or New York City, one of these bloodthirsty cities, without knowing you're in one of these cities, just by everybody that comes out, they grab a weapon and they're chanting, we want tables, we want tables. So I it's like that, Kyrie yeah. comes out here. Kyrie comes out and it looks like she's going to She gets a huge pop because she does her Kyrie march walk all the way down in the ring. And again, she's supposed to be a heel. She goes underneath the apron and everybody's cheering, thinking Kyrie's going to get a table. She gets a trash can. And then all of a sudden, Kyrie for 10 seconds becomes the biggest heel in Chicago. And then she gets in there and she's, she's Kyrie. And this happens throughout everybody coming in. Now, the last person to come in is Asuka. And she starts throwing kendo sticks after kendo sticks. And she was really smart about this, rap because she went under the ring not once, not twice, but three times. So she gets the kendo sticks. They, you know, they cheer, then they boo. She goes, lifts the apron back open again. And and uh, Dakota Kai was great here because she assisted in all these weapon exchanges. So she goes in the ring a second time. Like, oh, now she's got to get the table. We've been chanting for a table this whole match. She brings out two more kendo sticks, booze. And then she opens up the apron again, gets the table out, and she gets maybe the second biggest pop of the whole night. <laughs> Which obviously, you know, Punk was by far the biggest. Um they get in there and the war games match starts and it's just absolutely crazy. And EO does this really cool spot where she, uh, she ties um, the chain to a kendo stick to get the, uh, to get the trash can that Shotzi has. And EO, we've seen her do the stop spot before, but she does a dive off the cage while she's in the trash can, which is absolutely insane. Cause you're literally doing a blind leap. It is literally a leap of faith. You're driving, diving off that thing that, I guess like 15 feet high and you have a tra metal trash can around you. That's absolutely insane for her to do. I figured, I thought maybe she would do the moonsault, but I mean, as much as we love EO, obviously if you listen to this podcast, you're a huge fan of Stardom, huge fan of EO. But if anybody's going to do the moonsault off the cage, it's going to be your biggest star in the match. That's Charlotte. Charlotte hits this moonsault off the cage and it just, her knee just catches poor EO in the head. And with all the wrath of injuries to our favorite wrestlers in Stardom, I was like, oh no. Oh no, is like EO stardom adjacent? Is she gonna get injured now? Because they kept showing it over and over and over again. I'm like, there's no I'm like, how is EO getting up? We did see pictures about an hour or so after the show of EO's forehead just being completely carved up by Charlotte's knee. Thank God there was no neck injury, no head injury. It was just Charlotte's knee just hit her in the head. And folks, that's wrestling. Stuff like that happens, especially when you do high risk moves in this style match. Uh, Kyrie just starts backfisting everybody with a trash can, thinking she's in the ring with Julia. Like just just dropping everybody with with the cutlass. Like it's like, man, Kyrie's not holding anything back. She's literally stardom Kyrie put into this match, rightfully so. You want to break up the violence. Uh, Bailey does a great. Anytime that Asuka, Io, or Kyrie would eat big moves from Becky, um, Bianca, Charlotte, or um, Shotzi. Bailey came in and made the save on every one of them, making sure that her team would win. Cause that's kind of the story going forward is kind of don't know where Bailey, who's supposedly the leader of damage control really fits into this new thing of damage control. So she's just bringing up every pinfall, every pinfall, finally just the heels damage control just gets completely exhausted. And then they just, uh, uh, Bianca hits the KOD Shotzi hits the, uh, the top rope senton. And then, uh, Becky hits the uh, the manhandle slam through the table that the crowd was waiting for. Great job putting that spot on last. They were chanting for the table, literally the entire match, and they give it to them at the very end with a huge, huge bump, putting Bailey through the table. Damage control eats the L, which I didn't see coming. I really thought, like, this is your hottest thing that you have going on on your entire roster. It's drawing the most ratings. You're going to have them eat an L in really their first big match on a big pay-per-view in front of a hot crowd. 
But I guess we'll see what happens this Friday because it really seems like maybe this is where the cracks were going. I was hoping, Rob, I was really hoping Damage Control would win this for several reasons. Obviously, I want to see them win. I want to see, you know, Eo and Kyrie and this group get built up even more. But it really seems like they're going to eventually go to Bailey versus Eo somewhere down the line. And I was hoping that Bailey, you know, Damage Control keeps getting wins where Bailey still doesn't know where she stands. And then Bailey wins the Rumble. And because we will be there live, how awesome would it be to see an Io Shirai WWE World Championship defense at WrestleMania in Philadelphia at a WrestleMania that we'll be at? So I think that would be really cool. It seems like they're rushing a little bit more. It really seems like maybe they're going to go with Charlotte and Bianca, which I guess I can kind of see. But at the same time, you have a hot hand here with damage control and a hot hand with Io. We mentioned before, Rob, how stardom is willing to try new things on their big show, where to me, it doesn't seem like they're trying to uh, they're going to try new new, new things come WrestleMania. Obviously, we still have time. We shall see. I thought this match was great. I thought it was the best match of the show. I had it four and a quarter stars, but still a little head scratchy on why Damage Control lost their first big match as uh, as a team here. Yeah, agreed. Very, very strange booking. I can see what they were trying to do in terms of the whole where does Bailey fit in and then, you know, Bailey sacrificing herself. Um, I gave it four stars. I agree. Probably the best match of the card. I think it just pipped the man's match. Um, man's? Men's even. Um, but overall, really, really, really good showing. I did enjoy the fact that we got a triple tails reference from Michael Cole, of all people. <laughs> it just did not seem right. He was like, Eo Sky and Asuka, part of triple tails in Japan. I was like, whoa! What? He's done that a few, <laughs> he's, he's done that a few times. And I mentioned on the show before when he Io won the uh, the championship at SummerSlam when she cashed in. As soon as the three count happened and the crowd kind of settled down a little and she held the belt up, Michael Cole's call was from the world of stardom to star of the world. But that was like, what? Or like champion. Like she, meant, he, she he mentioned stardom. So Michael Cole has been, I feel bad for him. Jim Ross is it all the time. Michael Cole for a decade caught flack because he had to replace Jim Ross. You know, in my yeah. opinion, Jim Ross is the greatest of all time. And he's done a great job these past six or seven years, and he really does his homework when it comes to stuff like this. Again, he mentioned Startup. He mentioned, you know, EO teaming with Asuka and her sister, uh, I believe her name is Mio, you know, in Japan, you know, how many years ago. So he does a great job doing his homework, and I think Michael Cole really needs to get his just dues because he's a really great announcer. Right. So now that we've gone into the world of America and found out what's going on with EO and Kyrie, it's time to jump back to Nagoya for the pay-per-view on the 2nd of December. We've had the full card announced and we're going to just quickly run through it now, give our predictions for the title match, and then we will be reviewing this in full next week. Now, at the moment... On World Wonder Ring Stardom's official website, the main event is currently listed as the tag title match. Micra and Megan Bain versus Utami and Saya. That is currently listed as the main event. Of course, it's wrestling subject to change. Now, if we read from the bottom up, we have a tag match. Mina Shirakawa and Yuzuki versus Miyu Amasaki and Hanako. Singles match, Mei Sakurai versus Ruaka. Uh, another tag match, Sioriano and Yuna Mizumori versus Hanan and Saeeda of Wingori. Uh, Six-woman tag, the God's Eye team of Siori, uh, Mirai and Amisori taking on Tora, Momo Watanabe 
and Starlight Kid. Could that potentially be the match that sets up the white belt match ahead of Dream Queendom? Um, we've then got the UWF rules match, the Night Attack Archie versus Alice Inc. High speed championship match, Maysera the champion taking on Tekla. Strong women's championship match, Julia the champion taking on Azumi. World title challenger certificate, Suzu Suzuki versus Hazuki. And in the main event, Divine Kingdom, Micah and Megan Bain taking on Aphrodite. Now, Matt, I'm going to give you a challenge simply because, as always, we've uh, we've run over a little bit and I've got to leave for football in six minutes. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to reread you those tile matches. I just want you to give me one word who is going to win. Got it? Yes, sir. Right, let's do this. Uh, Nanai Takahashi versus Alice Inc. UWF. Nanai. I'm getting Alice. I think Alice has to win a UWF rules match. Um, she was never going to beat Siori. I think it makes sense to beat the person who hasn't done shoot wrestling in a while. Um, high speed, May Sarah versus Tackler. May. Yep, I'm going with May. Her reign is extremely entertaining. Don't end it now. Be a great match, though. Um, Julia versus Azumi. Oh, it's a toughie. Julia. I'm going Julia as well. Uh, partly because of everything we've just discussed. Uh, my main event, um, Suzu Suzuki versus Hazuki. I, we're both going Suzu Suzuki, aren't we? And my main event as well. No disrespect to my girls over at Aphrodite. This is going to be the match of the show, potential match of the year. Suzu Suzuki wins, but you know who really wins, Rob? We do. The fans. We do. <laughs> Absolutely. And finally, Divine Kingdom versus Aphrodite for the Goddess of Stardom Championship match, uh, Championships. Bow down to the queens, brother. Sai Nutami, Aphrodite. Has to be Aphrodite. Has to be Aphrodite. They've just returned. Mike is going to be in the main event of Sumo Hall. Doesn't need the tag titles. Let's put it on Aphrodite and let them hold it for six months. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that brings to an end our podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and just basically interacting with us. It's always really cool to have people tell us that they listen to the podcast wherever you're from. And it's a thank you. It's really quite humbling. Um, uh, if you haven't already, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are quite literally, as I've said, everywhere. Uh, if you want, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Stardomcast. However, if you don't want to do that, and I completely understand, maybe consider leaving a five-star review and a comment on the podcast app of your choice as it really does help us out and helps us be exposed to more people as we spread the world of stardom. Uh, you can follow us on social media at the Stardomcast, the same on YouTube as well. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. Real Rob Goodwin. Matt Turner, sign us off, good sir. Absolutely. Questions, comments, uh, anything you want to talk about, especially this big pay-per-view coming up on Saturday. We'll be watching it live. Matt Turner, OF, on the Instagram and or the Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. You want to shoot me an email? Stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Folks, once again, we cannot say thank you enough for the fantastic support and the insane growth of the show. It really blows our mind. We cannot do this without you because, like I always say, bye, boy. And I also say, uh, just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together and everybody's different. Everybody's special. 